Good, thanks. So I called you to come talk with me today because there was an article in the, I believe it's Economic Trends is the correct name for the magazine, correct? Yes, Alaska Economic Trends. Yep. Okay. So there was an article in there that we also ended up reposting because the, the Beacon did some coverage on it. But it was talking about the class of 05 and seeing where they're at now. And do you want to do you want to talk more on that article with me? Sure. Yeah, we've it's the third time we've looked in on that class and there's nothing really unique about that class except it was the farthest back we could go when we first uh, formed this kind of data uh, sharing agreement with the Department of Education and then we've long cooperated with the University of Alaska um, and some other data sources. But the, the idea is just to uh, kind of longitudinally see what's happening with these high school grads. And like we say at the end of the article, it, part of the relevance of that is to see, is that changing over time? Are more Alaskans staying? Are more Alaskans leaving and coming back? All the possible pathways. Okay. I think the big thing for me was looking at the people who left the state for, for college. And a good chunk of them don't come back. Yeah, so we, we, we talk in the article about of the class of 2005, of the ones who graduated from a college out of state, 25% of them in 2021 were in Alaska. And the percentage of the ones who graduated from an Alaska school was, was noticeably higher at 55%. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder, like, are they seeing that there are certain opportunities that maybe they would not have been able to have had they stayed here? Because that also, because that's been a big topic of conversation with a lot, a couple other programs I've had, where it's about showing people that they still have opportunities to live and work up here, but being able to support them through that. And so maybe, to me, it would come across as potentially that by going out of state for these different college programs, they're seeing opportunities that they could achieve there that they were not able to get here. Yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> and then just you imagine the the places you'd consider when you were looking to take your first job, if you're in Alaska compared to, to being somewhere else, there's nothing uh, stopping you from considering a job in Alaska if you're an Alaska high school grad who's gone to school outside, but you're, you're just more likely to have other offers in addition to that because you're there. Gotcha. And then I'm sure there, even beyond that, maybe it's just seeing different situations economically, seeing different situations culturally, because I find, and this is coming from someone you know who's also grown up here my entire life, a lot of times you get these, you get younger kids who think that by leaving the state, somehow that's going to fix something that's been going on that they don't like. Yeah, it reminds me of a, there's a quote on travel that, you know, you go around the world and there you are, you know, you're still there. So sometimes we, we think some of our uh, uh, opportunities or whatever will be, will be more different someplace else than they are. The, we, we, we our demographics group regularly uh, tracks, among other things, migration. And what we've noticed is when the job market is relatively strong here, and relatively meaning stronger than in some of our feeder states, then we tend to have positive net migration, more people coming than leaving. And then, and then the opposite of that is true. And for 10 years in a row now, we've had negative net migration, which means more people leaving than coming. And that's kind of... Um, implicit, I guess, in, in some of this data that the job market's been stronger. And, and there have been some other kind of challenges we've had over the last decade that's, that's made um, outside a little more um, appealing than, than, than staying for, for a percentage of the population. Plenty of people are here to stay. Their roots are here. There are things here that they just can't find or aren't willing, don't want to find somewhere outside of Alaska. But plenty of people are on the fence. They'll 
they'll they'll gauge that based on the next job, housing, all the different reasons that make a place livable or, or less livable. Okay. And then would you say that the largest factor for those grads that did stay here was it? Do you think it's because they had those pre-existing roots here? Or do you think there was other factors really at play? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it, it, I, I would suspect that it is their deep roots. That if you graduate from high school here, you make a decision to go to college here and complete a degree. You've you've at least once said, "I want to stay here for the next step in my life." So. Uh, people, all of the things being considered would probably, with deeper roots, are a little more likely to say that. Being not even willing to say, to to leave Alaska for four years or two years uh, because it just feels like home. And some people are wired that way. Gotcha. I think it's another, I mean, well, I guess it's more of a fun kind of curiosity question. What was the furthest you saw any of that class going away from here? Yeah, good question. Well, we, we looked in the article about where they went. There's something called the National Student Clearinghouse. It's a it's a an entity that tracks all the all the people who go to college anywhere. And Alaska had uh, had some of the of that class of 2005 who went to all 50 states, so from Maine to Florida. Um, like a lot of things with Alaska, more uh, more of them go to closer states, so Washington and Oregon, and then also big states. So that's California, um, Texas would be in that group, Florida's in that group. Alaskans don't tend to move as much to northeastern states. We tend to move places warm or places close. And, and the, the Mountain West, Montana is an example, um, Utah and Idaho a little bit, places that have some there's a lot more, some resemblance to Alaska, I was going to say. There's a lot more about life in Montana that resembles Alaska than life in uh, Massachusetts. Gotcha. I feel like maybe that might stem from you have that difference between, you know, Alaska and a lot of the very close states that we have are very, they're more rural. They're not as urbanized and feel like you've disconnected yourself from what's outside because obviously you look around, even, you know, just outside here in the studio, you have trees as far as you can see. You have tons of i would say greenery but it is winter but (laughs) and that's a huge i think that might even play a role in that regard because then you go to somewhere like massachusetts or new york and you just see grays and concrete and it's it can i would say be somewhat draining and maybe discouraging to go there compared to somewhere like here yeah it's we when we try to understand these migration flows we we speculate, and there's a little bit of data on why people move. Um, family's part of it. Weather's part of it. Uh, jobs are a big part of it. But uh, I, I agree that if you move somewhere that uh, looks uh, a little bit familiar, and that would be true of, of parts of Washington and Oregon especially, uh, uh, and there are cities there too, but, uh, but that, all other things, again, being equal, that's, uh, that's less shocking to you. Uh, than moving to Phoenix, for example. Although some people would move to Phoenix because they want specifically the thing that's missing here, which is a whole lot of sunshine, warmer winters, those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that even with immediate family, I have a I have a brother who, funnily enough, because even though he's you know he's Alaska native and this is kind of the environment he grew he would have grown up in, he moved to you know South Carolina where it's far hotter mm. and there's no snow, and I, I question that choice of his every day. <laughs> I think sometimes about people who move to Florida. Uh, you know, it, they, it's flat, it's warm, it's humid, very, very different, and, and lots of cities. So about as different as I can think of from life in, especially southeast Alaska. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's 
probably maybe maybe it's that holdover from the the want of teenage rebellion where you're like I need to go do something extremely different. I, I think there's something that you see that in where they go to where where these students go to college. Some of them you can tell are looking for uh, a new adventure. Most assuredly, and then. Were there, so you obviously were saying, like, you know, the closest states were the higher ones. Was there any particular state that had the most compared to anywhere else? Well, just looking at that graphic now in Alaska Economic Trends, Washington had the largest number of, of Alaska, of this, this 2005 class who, who attended at some point. And then Oregon, maybe not surprisingly, was second most. Okay. And just double check, most of this 05 class is talking about students from Anchorage High Schools. Is that correct? Well, it would be ju- it would be pro- populationally proportionate. So it's all of the graduates all over the state. But Anchorage and Matsu combined are a little more than half of the total uh, population of the state. So, yeah, it would be biased towards uh, our population centers. Okay. That would just make me wonder because obviously, you know, if it's – because of obviously population proportionality, we're looking mostly at Anchorage and Matsu. If we would, if there was been a second study that had focused mainly on like southeast or maybe even the interior, if we would see different results, it's a good question. We've looked, uh, and I haven't looked detailed in the details too much yet, but at Juneau and then also specifically at Wrangell. So, uh, in response to request, how does how does our uh, community look compared to this statewide data? Gotcha. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some more of the articles that are in the Economic Trends magazine. Welcome back to Action Line. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis, joined by Dan Robinson from the Department of Labor. Now, we were talking during the break looking at the sort of, like, the income across these different students. How does that look? Right. So one of the things we do is show average earnings for Alaska jobs for the different groups. So we've got the ones who have college degrees and we combine them, whether it's inside or outside of Alaska, uh, the college they went to, the ones who have some college and then the ones who have no college. Uh, Just a small caveat, we don't have good data. There doesn't really, there isn't really good data on the ones who uh, get post-secondary training other than college. So people who become uh, these apprenticeships or, or especially people who become uh, people who cut hair or massage therapists, those kinds of things. So keep that just in the back of your mind. But the ones with college degrees uh, in 2021 earned an average of $70,642. The ones who attended some college but didn't, uh, they don't show up as having graduated, uh, made 52000 on average in 2021, and the ones who don't show up as having attended a college or university made 49000 And I think one interesting thing about that is early on, the first few years, the ones who, di- who didn't end up graduating make more. But when you get four or five years out, then the ones who did end up graduating, not a mystery what's going on, they're, some of them, done, they get their first real job, and then their wages go up and continue to grow up at a little bit faster rate. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I would say this will be more anecdotal because obviously it's the only individual. I mean, that's how it is, you know, for me. I didn't go into a, a full-time job in my career field till very recently. And so then seeing that, like, yeah, I'm maybe – perceptively may not be higher now, but maybe later on it could go up more. And then it's like, well, yeah, well, that's also because I took that initiative time. I took more of right. that time to get educated to make sure that I felt comfortable and confident going into my career field. Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, it's the return on your investment. That uh, and, and a lot of times that first job is noticeably higher wages than, than of course, the jobs you're working during college. But then that the wage progression, you get more and more valuable to an employer and make more money. Definitely. And then it sounds like you've also 
we're looking at classes even beyond just the class of 05 going further forward because obviously it sounds like 05 is as far back as you could go. Right. We're, uh, we finish up the article by talking about how one of the reasons one of the one of the reasons we hope this data is relevant is because you can monitor how it's changing over time. So, for example, how does the 2015 class look in terms of how many go to college in Alaska, how many go to college outside of Alaska, how many go to college at all, or take other routes to the extent we can track that? Um, and 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 as we say towards the end of the article, if those percentages are fairly constant, that tells us nothing big is happening. On the other hand, if a much higher percentage of Alaskans are going to college outside. That probably tells us something about the, the relative attractiveness of the options. Okay. Hearing class 2015 reminds me that I'm definitely in that data set. That's a weird thought. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess what would be interesting to see is how has that trend looked when you factor in all of those classes? Yeah, we haven't looked at the data yet. Uh, that's kind of on our list um, so far, and this is the third time we've looked in on the class of 2005, and, and the data get a little bit complicated right away when you start adding additional years. And you do need to give um, – uh, the data gets interesting the farther out you get because two years out, for example, you'd know who has gone to college and where you won't know yet who will end up graduating, uh, maybe a few will have gotten an associate's degree. But it take, initially, there's just not a lot to see. So the longer out we, we go, and that's true of any longitudinal study, the, the longer the time period studied, the more interesting the data become. You know, definitely, I mean, that, that held true during all of my studies. Obviously, I, I have a science background originally, and so obviously I used to going through data sets. Although, the biggest thing I would say for your your normal listeners, so why does any of this matter? What is the how, how does that impact your average person thinking about how our state is looking? Yeah, no, I love that question. We 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 try to ask ourselves, uh, and sometimes we even include it as a specific section header. So what? What does this mean? What does it? Why does it matter? Really broadly, what we try to do is is provide data that helps policymakers make better decisions. So if you, and, and we're all to a degree policymakers, we're citizens of the state. So if we see something happening that we like, or if you are specifically a legislator or something, and you say, wow, uh, this trend looks problematic to me. You look into it a little bit more. Is there something we can do, whether it's stabilize uh, our institutions, whether it's more or less money, all the different things that the decisions policymakers make. But, but yeah, to, to roughly monitor what's going on to, to see if there's, if there's something uh, that can be done to make these, these measures of well-being broadly better, make the state a better place to live. And definitely, obviously, I mean, for any economy, you want to bring more people in. Obviously, we would want more people to, to migrate into the state. I was trying to think of the right word because I'm like, it's not immigrate because immigrates if you're talking the country as a whole. <laughs> yeah, and we, we stay value neutral on that. I mean, I, I agree most people would think growth a place that's bringing more people in than 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 sending out that tends those are, tend to be the places whose economies are doing well but whether something's good or bad we try to not use that language and point instead to up or down and those kinds of things some people disagree some people might wish there were 100,000 fewer people here because they'd have less traffic or whatever 
Gotcha. No, definitely. There's always a lot of factors that play the champ to consider. Now, I understand there's, there's, there's more articles in the Economic Trends magazine, obviously, but that was the, the, really the big one I wanted to focus on. But what do you, do you, which ones of the other ones do you think would be good to talk about? Yeah, so the other, the other we use two or three articles every month. We, and this goes well with, with the article that we've been talking about, the, the number of Alaskans who are self-employed. So there's not, the data isn't as good on the number of people who are self-employed. So we, once, once a year about, we try to quantify how many people are working on their own. And this includes everything from Uber drivers to uh, uh, an accountant who's got their own practice uh, because they're not showing up as receiving a paycheck. So anyway, there's a lot of good detail on how many Alaskans are self-employed in the second article in, the, in this issue. Well, now I have to ask, well, how many are self-employed? <laughs> yeah, so for Alaska, percent, we have about 10% of uh, our, let's see, what is that, of our, of our population is self-employed, and that is right at the national average. Okay. And, and we've got we've interesting types. I mean, fish, fishing, and, but every state it's a little bit different. But it's, I think it's interesting that we're about at the national average. Okay. I mean, I, I was going to say, I would imagine it would be more sort of very state-focused kind of jobs. Obviously, fisheries, I mean, especially for, you know, Southeast, that's a huge, huge demographic, especially in that market. But it is interesting to hear that it's about average. I would think maybe it might be a bit, well, I guess it would be a bit higher maybe for Southeast because you have so many fishermen. Well, and, and the top the top occupation of the self-employed is fishing and hunting workers. So fishing, uh, charter, you think of hunting guides, those, and the next biggest is construction laborers. So people uh, working on their own uh, in construction. Gotcha. And uh, my, uh, my dad was a union guy before he retired. So he did construction pretty much all over Anchorage. So hearing that, that, doesn't, that sounds about right to me as well, having a lot of construction guys. Yeah, and some constructions do work for a company. They get a, a, a job and they'd be in our other data sets. But plenty do work uh, as self-employed workers. Gotcha. What'd be interesting to me is what was the smallest sort of self-employed demographic that was in the study? Well, the the bottom of the top ten, which is not quite the same as the smallest, but but it's an interesting one: hairdressers and cosmetologists. So that doesn't mean there aren't very many. That means that it's in the top ten, but it's number ten. I'm not sure what the smallest would be. We we could find plenty of things that probably wouldn't exist at all in Alaska. Uh, I was going to say surf instructor, but that's probably not true because we have a little bit of surfing in Yakutat and Sitka, and so there probably are surf instructors, self-employed workers. Yeah, I was going to say, I know they do do cold water surfing. They did it when I was with the Irish for a bit. They did cold water surfing off their north coast, and I'm like, that's a that's a choice. I wouldn't think it's the greatest yeah, idea, I'd, but that's, that's your prerogative. I'd rather surf in warm water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I guess before we uh, get ready to close up here, is there any other big things that you'd think would be good to talk about? I don't think so. Uh, I'll just, uh, other than to encourage people to go look for Alaska Economic Trends, if you Google that, you'll find it. One of the things we do in every issue is talk about how Alaska ranks in the most recent data, so jobs, unemployment rate, things like that. All righty. Well, Dan, I'd like to thank you for coming in. I appreciate you talking with me because I thought that was a very interesting article and thought a lot of people would like to hear about that. Good to hear. Thank you. Alrighty, this has been Action Line.